trying this again. I lost like over an hour of recording earlier today. <coughs> Apparently this app can only record an hour at once and then it shuts down. Which sucks. So it would have been a great Street Mall in Denver. Uh, we had a kid out earlier today with a bunch of buckets and empty gallons of water, gallon jugs, and just vaming it out like he's playing the drums and it's amazing. This guy's usually out. There's like four of them usually. And they all play brass. It's all amazing. It's all extremely loud. I bet you they make over a hundred bucks on it. Like within three hours, I bet you they make over a hundred bucks. But they feed people soul. I'm not a stranger, you are right. You're right. He's a cousin. I'm your fam. I'm your fam. She was really overweight. She's wearing a yellow dress. relationships with women. How I willfully get involved with women, I know. Um, there's no future in the relationship. So I get involved anyway. I kind of throw a fit when it doesn't work out. I guess after that realization, you know, it's, first I went to the full negative in it, which was, uh, I'll never find a woman for me, it's possible, I'm a pretty broken dude. So it's possible, 
but how much of that is self-created? I'm always dating women. I'm not really interested in Giving it a fair shot. I think um, I want to say Christina was the last girl I was really interested in. She's the last girl that I saw a future with. She's the only person I saw having kids with. That was 20 years ago. I haven't met another one since. So out of all the women I've been with since then, no dreams of the future as far as building a family. No, I didn't even want to marry my wife. I did. There's a lot of fear involved. I think I'm bored talking about relationships.
I had a great experience today at Starbucks. I went to get my normal cold brew, no water, no iced coffee. Got it filled up, went outside to smoke a cigarette while I drank as much of it as I could so I could get my free refill and then head towards work when my favorite barista came out while I was outside. She was on break. She decided to sit next to me. Uh, she's really beautiful. She's a six foot tall redhead. Fit-ish, but uh, amazingly gorgeous. And she doesn't know it, but she could probably get away with modeling. If she lost maybe 10 pounds. Yeah, we were talking and somehow the conversation came to, you know, my life was way worse than you out of jest. And she said, no way, you don't know what I've been through. And oh, I know what it was. I was telling her about my job transition and how I stopped doing business for a minute. I just started working for someone else because I got really depressed after my breakup with Emily and it's really hard to run a business for me and be depressed at the same time because when I get depressed it gets pretty severe and that kind of opened her up to talk about her own depression and how hard it is for her to go on a breakup and how uh, she's actually three weeks out of a breakup and she's thought about harming herself and you know committing suicide and how she wants to seek help, but also feels guilty because her parents have paid for her college tuition already. And she thinks that going to the hospital will, you know, put that money at risk. So she's not doing it. And we started talking and I was like, you know, it turned into whose life was worst. And I led that with, I was raped at three which who knows if I was or wasn't. I definitely had a memory in therapy at one point come out that suggested I did and how I had a spiritual and healing experience as a result of that in adulthood. And she actually related to the spiritual experience and how powerful prayer can be and how healing it can be. And then She acknowledged some events that happened for her over the last couple of years while she was in college that includes sexual assault and, uh, you know, other traumatic experiences. And I think my point that I wanted to make originally, since I'm getting off track, is at the end of the conversation, we both whacked walk towards Starbucks together and as we're still walking we're talking but a lot of the anxiety and unease in her voice like went away and I acknowledged that I mirrored that back and I was like you sound much more peaceful and centered than when we first started talking 
And she said, it's because I'm in my feels. You know, I'm experiencing my feelings. And uh, there's a lot of truth to that. And then when we got into Starbucks, we had an awesome hug. And she went back to work. And I went to get my coffee refilled. And I told Trey, the manager of that Starbucks, I was like, if anyone ever hurts her, I'm going to kill him. Do you think you would be able to help me hide the body? And he's like, oh yeah. I got keys to the dumpster out back at this store and three other stores because he's actually like a district manager. And um, I was like, how much do you think that, that would cost to hide a body? You know, to like take care of somebody for someone. It's like about 40 grand. He didn't even skip a beat. And it was really amazingly funny. And that's my story. Hey guys. It's been an eventful few weeks to say the least. Uh, recap went from trying to start my own business to utter failure um, ended up going on a 30-day fast I was eating about 700 calories a day for about a month and at first it was definitely prompted by lack of material resources however there was a huge shift at the end of that where I saw more clearly of what I wanted in life and what's important and I think right now what for me you know the shift has been people are important taking care of yourself is important but also this world we live in isn't really the world we're living in it's actually a mirage to true reality uh, I think that is what the carpenter said when he said for those that can hear let them hear and those that can see let them see combination with you know the kingdom is here the kingdom is at hand um, yeah I don't know I'm like <clears throat> there's there really is a veil you know I see the world with my physical senses but that's not the true reality the true reality is you can pull that veil back like a curtain and when you see that, you realize you've been living in heaven the whole time.
I have started And by heaven, I guess I mean direct access to everything we need in life. And though I don't like the word, um, it's like the source of magic, of creation and manifestation. And then it's our job to keep that alive, keep that connection alive and remember that that's where we come from and that's what we're made of. And who knows, maybe to even let other people know. Good news, my headset still works. It's been a long time. Uh, just in case you're curious, I am now in Berkeley, California. I moved in with a woman who I met on a 12-step group over the phone. And just got done eating dinner at the one of the homeless shelters. Now I'm heading to an AA meeting. There's some things I wanted to talk about. Some ideas that have been going on in my hand or going on in my head. And I'm willing to admit that in some areas of life I'm a very slow learner. Uh, but I think most recently, the big lesson has been learning how to take care of myself and take care of myself first before I'm able to help anyone else. Um, and I want to build a program around that. You know, teaching people how to find what's good for them and then live it in a way that nurtures themselves and also in the same token deconstruct the processes of mind and belief that keep them stuck in patterns that don't work and I want to grow cultivate an army of people across the country that are willing to do those things
have to admit, Berkeley is the only place I've felt at home outside of Manhattan. ton of money here. At the moment I'm stuck between you know getting investment finding employment. I think right now with my housing situation I need to start bringing in some money pretty fast. positive and thinking positive and trusting in higher power is great but there's also you know practical things I have to do to take care of myself. Test, 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 test. Because I'm always testing my podcast. All right, it's Brian again. Now I'm in Berkeley, California, where all the hippies go to retire. And I wanted to talk today. I'm on my morning walk about mindfulness. And the topics, I guess the points I want to make are pretty simple. And hopefully they challenge maybe Perceptions in your mind that you have about what mindfulness is. And these are just some basic points I want to talk about. They're not complete. You know, again, the question, the intention is just to get you to start challenging and questioning your own thoughts around mindfulness. And I think the first thing, and it's definitely something I struggled with when I first practiced meditation and mindfulness, is that I had an idea in my head that I would be sitting cross-legged on a pillow filled with 
joy and happiness and just all of this wonderful, beautiful feeling of euphoria. And I want to tell you that that is completely false. And I think it's been... Well, it's a marketing ploy. You know, people want to be happy. And so that's how marketers and advertisers portray mindfulness when they're trying to sell a product or a course or a meditation class. But it's not really the truth. The truth for me is that mindfulness itself, sitting in the quiet, you know, doing a sit, can be very, very uncomfortable. You know, I become acutely aware of pain in my body. I become aware of psychological fragments in my own mind that have caused me have caused me problems in my life. You know, maybe I become aware of a mistake or a failure I did years ago that I never fully reintegrated or learned from and it's been stuck in my head for years, you know, really bogging me down and affecting the way I see the world. Well, what mindfulness does is it gets me in touch with that stuff. And then it teaches me how to hold those things in a place of non-judgment and let them heal so that I can be more productive through the rest of my day. I look at mindfulness like going to the gym. I personally enjoy going to the gym five days a week. And my routine is pretty simple. You know, I have nutrition I eat in the morning. I wake up at five in the morning, I eat, and then I go to the gym, and then my workout routine is very simple. You know, I lift weights, free weights, for about 40 minutes to an hour, depending on what day it is. And then I eat some more, and then I meditate. And the similarity is that, you know, at five in the morning, I do not want to get up and get out of my warm, cozy bed and push myself out the door and go to the gym. In fact, I don't even want to be at the gym while I'm at the gym. Usually, I'm halfway through my routine before I start getting some relief from 
my aversion to exercise. But the results I get for doing that make it worthwhile. You know, the rest of my day typically is more centered. You know, gym is like going to, is like meditation for me in a lot of ways. But the rest of my day is more centered. Um, Frankly, you know, there's some real tangible benefits I get too. I get more attention from women when I maintain a regular fitness routine. I also just carry myself different. I tend to walk more with confidence. My posture improves. My overall attractiveness towards others improves. And it even seems like my ability to earn income improves. And my productivity in meditation is better. to meditate is better. And I have learned that for myself, going to the gym before meditation is a more productive way for me to engage with mindfulness. Uh, I do have a lot of energy. I'm a very high energy person. In fact, throw this up there um, I have bipolar and bipolar is at least the way I experience it it's like a bunch of energy constantly trying to get it out into the world and if I don't have proper outlets it just builds up into kind of a catastrophe and then I have to go to the hospital and it's horrible To reiterate, what can be expected when you start mindfulness is discomfort and becoming painfully aware of your body and your emotions and thoughts in your head that are destructive or critical, overly judgmental, resentful.
but the benefit of meditation and coming in touch with those things and becoming intimate with them is that throughout our daily lives after meditation we don't get sucked into those bad thought patterns we don't have a strong emotional response to someone else's behavior and feel compelled to react to that behavior in a destructive way in a way that will cause unnecessary drama or conflict or harm our goals and future success what meditation does is it gives us a momentary buffer between ourselves and the external world and we get a pause during difficult times to choose a better way to behave and that's one of our goals at mindful male is to teach men how to cultivate that pause so that throughout the day they can live in a very skillful and productive manner fulfilling their dreams and life's purpose and we also want to offer tools that help help us find better ways to act while we have that pause <clears throat> like for me a lot of times I just had a state of ignorance where you know I would meditate and I would have that pause maybe when I was having a conversation with someone I was dating you know my ex-girlfriend or something or a boss I would have that pause when things started getting intense. But then I wouldn't have the skills. I wouldn't know a more skillful way to respond to the situation. And so I would just let it, I would just disengage from it completely, right? Which is not very productive a lot of times. You know, so we have to find skillful ways to communicate and interact with the world. And especially now, you know, it's more important than ever that we're sensitive to the dangers of the world. You know, one wrong word, one wrong statement today can completely ruin a person's career and family and just life in general. Like, you know, so it's, it's a little dangerous out there right now. And we want to help men find a way to navigate some of those dangers and pitfalls by becoming more collected, centered, and peaceful when they speak and engage with the world. So I think, you know, without men fulfilling their dreams, like building their businesses and, you know, earning the money they want to make, we're really doing the world a disservice. You know, men are very powerful people. And I just think we were never taught 
how to live with that power. And that's our goal. We want to teach you how to live with your power. So that's it for now. Hopefully we can edit this out and make a good little intro. Get some ideas, put them together. And we're one step closer to our first full episode of Mindful Mail.